Welcome to Soft Bites Podcast. Your life, your dentistry. We talk about ways to have more fun and meaning in one of the coolest and most rewarding professions in medicine. Conversations on how to bring awareness, create a healthy workplace, and provide emotional insights to make dentistry a fulfilling activity while making space for one's wonder, creativity, and freedom. Here are your hosts, Banuela and George Andre. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Soft Bites podcast. Hello, Andre. Welcome. How are you? Hi, Manuela. Nice to see you. Fine, thank you. So today we're going to talk about difficult patients. So this is episode 11. And um, you, today you've proposed me uh, the theme and for us to talk about, about uh, dealing with difficult patients. And when I was thinking about it, I, I've decided to, uh, the first thought that I had was, okay, so what's a difficult patient? And mm-hmm. I've decided to, to, uh, to make this question on my, on my Instagram stories. I left, uh, I, I, in, I think it was last Saturday. So it was during the weekend. And I had a lot of answers. So I asked, what, what is for you a, a difficult patient? And I had lots of answers from colleagues. And I think it would be interesting to, 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 name, to name a few. Um, so what is a difficult patient? So this is some of the answers that I've got. Someone disrespectful, not only at me, but to all the staff. Someone that it's not uh, uh, collaborative, anxious, and that touches my hands and makes sudden movements to any uh, procedure that I make. (laughs) Someone arrogant, complaining of other dentists. Someone making excuses for their situation, not taking responsibility for their situation. Distressful ones, Up after having a treatment plan explaining, is explained clearly, questioning mm-hmm. it constantly. Mm-hmm. Someone that wants to decide the treatment plan reg- regardless of your explanations. Someone that before entered my office just went to Dr. Google. The ones that want everything for yesterday. The one that knows more than you, who doesn't want to pay what the work is worth. Those who don't want to receive help. Those who are difficult to communicate with. The ones who communicate aggressively and don't listen. And the last one, the one that the one that it's disrespectful. Um, the word uh, respect and disrespectful is um, is uh, is said here more than more than once. And um, but but okay, I want to ask you for you, what is a difficult patient? What you consider to be a difficult patient? Um, I was just taking some notes here before we started, uh-huh. and um, 
I think uh, we as dentists, and I've been practicing for this year is my 20th year of uh, as a dentist. And uh, I think I have um, some, I think I have enough, enough experience with patients to, to give some advice on this mm -hmm. that has worked for me. Uh, but I think that everything that you said, um, all the situations that you have said have in the past have been um, distressful on me. It does not mean that they are not now, but they have been and they, they will happen sooner or later to have it every dentist. Mm -hmm. So all these situations that you have listed, they will happen. They will happen. You can reduce the frequency and the, the, the intensity of these sorts of, of, um, of situations by some of the things that we might be discussed, um, talking about, like preventing them. And that's within the line of some of the things that we have talked in the past. But I think it is important that, that dentists understand that this will happen to them. And, um, and from my experience in the early days of my career, these things would affect me. And, and this is normal, you know, because mm -hmm. when you have a patient that is being disrespectful to you or writes down a complaint or just uh, starts to talk loud to your uh, assistants or just someone that loses their mind or someone that's picky, that's always questioning things, they can be, um, you can in the beginning um, see that as a bigger issue than it actually is because you are with less experience, you have this tendency to try to please every patient. You, are, you don't have enough confidence in your skills. Uh, you think that if someone is unhappy, the word might spread and they may ruin your, the, the, the future of your practice. So all of these things, they are, in, in, they, they are inside your mind. And I don't believe you can completely eliminate it. And by, but by what, I, what I mean by this is that you have to go through them. They will happen to you. You have to go through them. Um, and I think there is a few, I've listed a few of them, and, and um, we can talk about them. But so what can we do to prevent that? What, what's the most practical way to prevent some of those? Some of those, and some of those that you have listed, they are not preventable. No. Because yeah. there will be some unreasonable people that will unfortunately walk into your door. There will be some of them. Um, some of the things are communication misunderstandings. And in, when we are talking about communication misunderstandings, yes, we can reduce these situations dramatically. Mm -hmm. um, the easiest one is to, for example, in my practice, we have this rule. Um, the patient will always know what he or she will pay. They will always know. So, but if you ask, well, what's the, in the first appointment? Well, when they call the practice, we tell them, if you are going for initial examination, this is the cost. And if the patient says, well, I have a problem, I have this. So this, the, the, when the patient goes to the practice, 
we never charge more in the initial appointment, more than 70, 80 euros. Never. If it's like something that the patient was not uh, informed, like, like small feeling or whatever, we never charge more than that. And if it is, for example, a root canal treatment, we always tell the patient before we start, look, this is a root canal treatment. This is the, I'm talking about the patients that are coming for the first time at the practice because the patients that are coming um, that have a treatment plan, they know exactly what they are going to play. But we are talking in these specific situations mm-hmm. where the person is going the first time in the practice. And if it's a root canal treatment, that will by far surpass the 70 or 80 years. We ex- the, the doctor explains mm-hmm. beforehand to the patient. So I think if you have this philosophy that the patient will always know what he has to pay or she has to pay, you will dramatically reduce the amount of, of, of issues. Um, and I'm being, I'm being very basic here. So the patient goes for his initial examination, then we'll, we'll send a treatment plan with everything detailed. And we've talked about make me clear, but you don't need to have make me clear. You just have to be as detailed as possible. What will be the costs? What are the payment options, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that First and foremost, we have to understand that we can prevent a lot of these things by being organized, by being good in communication. And you don't, communication is not always spending time talking to the patients. Just, for example, one of the things that I think it also works very well is that when the patient sits down in the practice, they get the welcome pack. And the welcome pack lets them know how they need to behave in the practice. Not in the, exactly this way, but for example, a welcome pack in my practice says that we are a multidisciplinary team. It means that you will be seen by different professionals. So that's already informed. Um, we, we have a fine if you um, confirm an appointment and if you don't, mm-hmm. if you don't attend. Mm-hmm. So all of these things, they, I think that once they sit in a place where they realize that people are making an effort to set the rules, they, 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 they understand that they have to be um, either they accept it or they don't accept it. So if they move forward, they know that there are some rules. And I, I know this is a little bit uh, blunt, but people, they want to be told what, what to do. We want to be told. When I go to the doctor, I want them to tell me what to do. Okay? When... Do I think that people have the tendency to don't have this um, this um, this attitude? Mm-hmm. And it happens a lot in dentistry. Is that if you go to an hairdresser, if you go to a nail store, if you go to some cosmetic place? I mean, everything that is not medical, it's more aesthetic or cosmetic. People have the tendency to feel that they are in charge. Why am I telling you this? Because there's a big difference in people's behavior when they go to the orthopedic surgeon than to the the patient's behavior when they go to the dentist. And I think that dentistry has a lot of responsibility in that because we have been marketing dentistry as a cosmetic procedure and not, not as a medical procedure. So when you market your practice as a cosmetic place, people tend to think that things are logical. I mean, you place this there, they place a crown here. This crown will last 20 years. Uh, 
whether it is uh, whether you whether you brush it or you don't brush it. So it's just like something very mechanical. You know? But dentistry is not mechanical only. There's a lot of things going on in dentistry. So dentistry is, in my opinion, much more medical than cosmetic. And trust me, I, I work a lot on aesthetics. But dentistry is mainly a medical uh, specialty, and we tend to forget that. And if we, if we demand, maybe demand it's a strong word, but if we expect our patients to behave as patients and not as clients, they will behave as patients. So what's the difference between the patient behavior and the client behavior? The patient be behavior knows there's a lot of things out of uh, mechanics. So health is highly dependent on the patient itself. So it's not the dentist that controls everything. They understand, the patient understands there's a degree of uncertainty. And because there's a degree of uncertainty, he must also collaborate and he must also be active in helping himself to be treated successfully. So he understands that he must also be willing to contribute and to create a positive environment. Whereas the customer, the customer is much more demanding. He wants things to be done their way. I want my hair this way. I want my nails this way. And this is a very, this shift is extremely dangerous in dentistry because it's not possible to practice medicine if a patient has a customer attitude. Why am I talking about this? Because if you, if you um, understand this attitude, the way that you market your practice, the way that you communicate to your practice, it needs to be different. Okay, I'm not saying that you need to be arrogant or this needs to be very like a, an hospital um, uh, kind of energy. It's not what I'm talking about. It must be positive because at the end of the day, dentistry is a, is a stressful environment and you have to be positive. But never forget that the patient needs to understand this is a medical profession and there's a lot of uncertainty. You may be doing the best job ever, but if the patient does not stop smoking, they will lose the implant. You may be doing the best dentistry ever, but if the patient does not wear the mouth guard, things will break. So the patient must understand that he also has a responsibility. So I'm really talking about the root cause of many things that we are talking here. I just talked about the prevention, uh, information about treatment plans, information about money very clearly, um, welcome packs, explain how things work in the practice, because then basically they, they, they start to understand how they must, you, you are leading them off on how they must behave. Well, sometimes you may, you may think, well, but I'm just starting out. I want to get as many patients as possible. But look, whenever you allow a patient to have a customer attitude, you will sooner or later regret. This is just my opinion. And I've, I've just had some other stuff that we can, that we can talk. Um, so prevention on a further level, establishing boundaries. Um, other things very important, staying calm and not react, which is, I think, is yeah, one we, of the biggest advices. Yeah, and we can yeah. talk about that when we, uh, because we're going to discuss the, the, um, the how to real, how to deal in a difficult within, situation, yeah, right? In, exactly. In, within a, a difficult situation. But before... When it's established. Before yeah. we, we, we go to that, 
let me just uh, ask you something because I, I thought that what you said was very, very interesting, and it's a very Im important distinction that you just made: the client and the and the patient, and sometimes dentistry because dentistry yes. has the commercial part. I yes. think that um, this is an, a distinction that is not uh, taught to dentists. I'm sure yeah. there will be colleagues listening to us that uh, to just to go, "Oh, yeah, I never, I never thought of that." Because this is this is a very important distinction, and it no one talks about it in dentistry. Yeah. Sometimes it's almost um, uh, I, I don't know if it's taboo. I don't think it's taboo, but it's it's something that you are not uh, taught to distinguish. So it's not taught to you, and um, yeah. and it's it's like when you are in the university, it's it's you are trained. Uh, um, in a medical profession, but then yes. when you get out, yes. then you have the the um, yes. yeah the, the 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 business the private part, right? the private the, corporation the, the yeah. private corporation jungle yeah yeah and then if you are not uh, aware of all of this, you you start mixing and uh, and then you, it can happen just like you said you can transform your practice into something that um, that even sometimes you don't identify yourself with, but you are yes. so wrapped around yes. uh, um, costs and, and, and everything that it's difficult to, to get out. So it's very important what you said, uh, the difference between clients and patients, even uh to get to this to this question how to deal with difficult patients because sometimes what you are dealing with is with difficult customers <laughs> yes, and not exactly. difficult patients so that's exactly. so that's a very important thing because i think and even on the middle of those um uh answers that i had about what's what what you consider to be a difficult patient you can see that clearly you can see a difference between um, an anxious patient and that's something that we can talk about because there are some people that they are not disrespectful they are the most sweet persons but they have anxiety problems in the dentist it can be due to trauma that they have been it can be because they are anxious patients and there are dentists that develop this uh, labeling effect I mean labeling's effects are one of the um, one of, one of the consequences of stress in the in the dentist mental mental health. So it's like you you start labeling your patients and you start to have all this uh, judgments and bias. And if you are not aware, again, self awareness that's so important in dentistry that will lead you to, uh, for example, not to distinguish what is um, a, a, a general anxiety from a dentist anxiety so and you will assume everything is dentist anxiety and you will treat everyone as anxious and that can lead also for you to avoid certain treatments or to avoid certain patients or to over treat patients you know with sedation or yes. so and this is this is well documented in the in the, in the literature so there is difficult patients because due to their anxiety and due to, to the fact that you develop this label effects, 
that you consider them to be difficult because they don't make your job easy, you know, and then, mm-hmm. of course, you need more time and appointments and, and all of that, or you need to send them to someone that you know that will treat them better, that give a better answer to, to, to them. And, mm-hmm. th- and this is difficult patients. And then there's difficult customers, right? There's, <laughs> there's, there are those, those uh, people coming because they, um, they argue about the price. They don't understand why they are paying. They don't recognize the value of the, of the treatment. They are questioning you constantly, etc., uh, etc. Et so this is, I think it's important also if you understand this this difference that you just said, and I, I found it so so important, the difference between a patient and the client, and and that's why I also consider uh, the 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 tips that you just gave in the in the beginning very important. If, we, if you have a system in place, you educate your your patient. You tell them from the first moment that you are there, you are also respectful to them, right? So you present them the treatment plans, all the all the prices. No one gets to do anything without knowing the price in, in advance. In the first appointment, we don't charge more than this. We have a welcome packages to the patient uh, saying that uh, how we function, our values, that he's going to be seen by more than one professional. So this is, this is, information that will for sure um, get some of the uh, communication uh, uh, barriers out uh, for of the, way. Of, of the way. One one very interesting tip that I think it also helps on this is for you to have regular patient satisfaction surveys. You know? So yes. once once in a while or if you want to to every patient but but if you have a satisfaction service, this surveys, this gives your, not only your patient the opportunity to, to share their concerns, uh, but, uh, but, and, but also you take their feedback serious and you can learn from, from their feedback. So I think that's, that's very interesting also, yes, um, to implement. Um, but I think that this first approach, it's, it's very, 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 very important. And you said very valuable uh, things. Okay, so now we can uh, pass through to, the, to, the, to yeah. the second part. So you have a difficult patient in your, in your office and it can be due to, again, can be due to anxiety because there are patients that are not disrespectful, but they are anxious. They have an anxiety problem in the dentist. Mm -hmm. And there are difficult patients because they are disrespectful. There are people that are (laughs) disrespectful. And and, and I I think that, uh, and I I mean, I think every dentist uh, thinks the same. This difficult patients cannot only... Uh, create unpleasant situations, uh, but also they can have a negative effect, uh, effect on the on the whole staff and on on the whole clinic. It's not only you yes. that uh, that have to deal with the situation. Of course, you and and even what you already mentioned that uh, it's in the beginning it's very hard because we take things personally. Not only can it affect our 
our clinic or our, our, our profession, but also we doubt ourselves. Did I provide the best service that I, that I could? Was am this I, my fault? Am yeah. I good enough? Yeah. Am I good enough? Yeah, that's it. Um, but also affects the, the, the staff and the, and the, and the clinic. Because if um, usually if you have a disrespectful person, it's not only to you that that person will be uh, disrespectful. It also can be to your assistant. Yes. It also can be yeah. to to your secretary. So usually it's it creates an unpleasant situation that can escalate if you don't prevent it. Can escalate to conflict, but also it creates a, a, a negative environment. So, so yes, yeah, so how, how can you deal with it? And you already started, right? So I think that you said that keep your communication assertive and professional. I, mm-hmm. I don't think that if you, to deal with a difficult patient with the, and let's talk about the disrespectful uh, ones. Mm-hmm. I think you should be assertive and you should be professional because if you talk too much sometimes it's yes, not exactly. it's counterproductive <laughs> it's my absolutely. opinion what do you think yes yes absolutely i think um for the vast majority of situations i think i think the number the number one rule is to stay calm and not overreact i think that's the number one rule you mm-hmm. you always have to think about um that the one that loses the temper will always um, will always lose, always. Um, and th- that happens in every situation. I th- and I think this is, I think, I know this is very basic, but it's very, it's very easy to get some patients get on your nerves, you know, and you, and you may start to talk at the same level of voice and you may stop. Uh, you may you may start to use the same level of language, and I think you really have to avoid that. And don't think you think that's, most... that's a defensive uh, reaction? It's a reaction. Huh? It's a defensive yes. reaction. Absolutely, yes. Um, so the number one is to stay calm, and I was placing it here connected to do not react. Mm-hmm. And 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 this reaction thing is um, and in the in the. In the, in the management class that that uh, that I think that you attended, mm-hmm. whenever I talk about reaction, I always talk, I always m- make uh, a little um, analogy with what is uh, masculine and energy, ma- masculine energy and feminine energy. I always make this analogy, and whenever I talk about this, I. I always have the feeling I, I, I am about to be misunderstood here. But um, regardless of the sex, this is not what we are talking about, even though, of course, he says some, he says some, some analogies in sex as well, I mean, attraction or, or whatever. But we, you always have to realize that you are in a more, let's call it, and Let's not focus too much on the charge of masculine or, 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 or feminine. But whenever you are providing a service, whenever you are selling something, you are, let's call it in a more positive, in a more masculine energy. Mm-hmm. Okay? While the, the patient or the customer is in a more feminine energy. It doesn't matter the sex. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe a woman and a man, it may mm-hmm. be a man. It doesn't, that, there's, that's not the point here. 
But the thing is that in order to be attraction, and this is this is something that it may be difficult to understand in the beginning, but in order to be attraction, there needs to be some polarity. Always. Always. So it's never, I mean, in terms of respect, of course, it needs to be an equal energy. But in terms of reactiveness, it must be a different energy. So in order for you to be in a more masculine energy, you always need to be able to be in more control of your emotions. Otherwise, you will completely lose it. Mm -hmm. So we want some polarity because we want some attraction, because we want some um, report, let's say. Okay, this is not about sexual attraction. This mm -hmm. is about report. In order to be a report, you have to have some sort of polarity. Because you and have you, something that I need. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And mm -hmm. you, as a service provider, mm -hmm. which is exactly what you said, you mm -hmm. are about to deliver something, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that the patient needs to accept. Mm -hmm. Okay. The patient who accepts it, who accepts it, needs to trust you, mm -hmm. right? And one of the most basic non-verbal ways of communication of, of communicating this attractiveness, this report, is when you are selling something, you are always the person that is more in control of their emotion. I wouldn't say in control. I would say, I think you like this, you are more aware of your emotions. Yeah, that's it. Right? Yeah. And if you are more aware of your emotions, you are less likely to react mm -hmm. to a conflict. Mm -hmm. So The rule number one, whenever a, a conflict is established or whenever there is a test where, or when, for example, for some dentists, they may think that the fact that someone is talking about money is being disrespectful, while for the patient or for the customer, it may be a legitimate question, mm -hmm. right? It, it It, it has to be. <laughs> People course. have to be so, aware of their financial... Uh, so, of course. But, uh, but so, look, if a dentist does not implement the basic stuff that we have talked about, of course that he must understand the questions that the patient is, is placing. Now, if everything has been explained and even still they are... Uh, They are discussing the prices. That's a different story. But even still here, you always have to remember this. This person that is about to give you money for something, in a certain way, they are testing you. And this is, this is an image that you may always have in your mind whenever people ask you questions, whenever they doubt about your capacities, because patients will do that. You must always understand that You must always see that as a test. And if they test you, and if you react to the test, if you lose your temper, if you raise your voice, if you show emotional instability, if you show them that their question made you nervous, this polarity will drop. So basically, it's something like this. Okay. Let me test this, this guy. And, some, and, and in most of the situations, it is completely unconscious. Okay? It's completely unconscious. Uh -huh. So let me test this guy. And if you react, you have lost the test. So this polarity has dropped. And what happens now is that you are no longer in the place where you have something that this person needs. Now he's basically looking at you and saying, uh -huh. look, I don't know. 
if he or she has what it takes to be able to handle me. I don't know if this person has what it takes to be able to handle me. So this polarity between, and I haven't talked about uh, what happens between men and women, because it, of course it's much more complex, but it's a very simplified way for you to understand this feminine and masculine energy that, again, has nothing to do with sexes. It just has to do with the position. You may be in a more masculine energy at work, and you may be in a more energy feminine energy family while you are in, uh, in your family. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. But if you are at work and if you are providing a service, whether you're a woman or whether you're a man, you are having something that the patient wants. And if you react, you must always have that in your mind. If you react, you lose the game, mm -hmm. let's say. So mm -hmm. when you lose the game, you lose the trust. Because you have to think about this. Someone extremely experienced will graciously deal with all the tests. We'll make sometimes even a joke. So, for example, let me, let me give you a perfect example here. Um, so, okay, this implant... Um, so, it will last forever, right? So this is something forever, right? Well, and you can say, what do you mean forever? You may, you may react. You may say, well, so basically what you are saying is, are you stupid? So you are reacting to the patient. That's one way of doing that. The other completely way of doing that is to dance around the situation, to gracefully dance with it. And that's different, which is, for example, an example. Well, with, and, and you, you must say that with your face and with your body and it's not from from one second to the other it sometimes it takes years but just having the mindset in the beginning of not reacting helps you a lot but you may say well i'm sure hey mrs um uh, mrs whatever mrs silva look um your teeth they are the best thing that nature could do but look what happened to them so do you think there's anything that we can do as men that is better than nature? Um, of course it's not. So what happens is that this implant that we are going to do, we can guarantee you that we'll do our best to make it last as much as possible as long as you take good care of them. And taking good care of them has always two, two sides, what you do at home and what you do here in the office that you need to come. Otherwise, it's not possible to maintain that. And sometimes you can be even a little bit deeper, which is, well, but the way that you've been treating your teeth so far will have to change, right? Because otherwise you'll not be able to maintain your implants, right? Okay? So this is a way of basically not reacting, but informing the patient by grabbing the energy of the patient and dancing with it and making, and making them understand that their tests will not affect you because you are in a, such a different position and you are so used to do that and you are so used to be tested and ask these questions that you find it funny and you dance around with that, which is a completely different energy. And this is a much more masculine energy than what the patient is having at the moment. And this is just an example. And of course, that I would, I would ask our listeners to... I always do that. See what are the most 
questions, the mo the, which are the questions that patients do to you that really touch your buttons, that really make you feel. And in the beginning, they are the questions like, you seem too young to be doing this. Um, <laughs> do you have many cases as, as this? I mean, this can really be taking you, mm -hmm. you, you may become really affected by this. So you have to think, how would a very experienced person respond in a professional and slightly funny way so that the patient understands that, hey, you are safe with me. I'm here to take care of you. This is not only my responsibility. I'm going to do my best, but this is also your responsibility. But we are in this together and without drama and with, with a calm energy, we will fix this. And this, this thing about the positive and, and, and about the masculine and, and feminine energy and the fact that you should never react to tests or questions is, in my opinion, the most important inner game, let's say, that you have, that you have to use in, in patient communication if you want to avoid uh, difficult questions. Because there will always be difficult questions. Even in our practice that we have everything detailed, sometimes we have patients that says, well, um, hey, doctor, am, am I not? Basically, for example, we, we give a treatment plan to a smoker of implants. And I know it's some pay, in some, some countries, dentists don't even do implants in, in smokers. But in some situations, we have no options. We have to do it, right? And um, so the patient was informed. That's in the treatment plan. says, well, um, am I going to have problems in these implants? And um, sometimes it's like, why, why, why is he asking this? Because this is written. We have talked to him. I mean, is he stupid? What, what's going on? So even though that may, that may be on your mind because you're human, and let's face it, we may be thinking about that. We have to understand that sometimes that question, like you were saying, it may come out of, of um, a, a person that is not reasonable, but it's sometimes it's just a manifestation of stress, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes yeah. you're just so nervous that <laughs> that's what pops out of their mouth, right? Mm -hmm. So what you have to do is that you cannot not address the question. You have to tell them again. That's, mm -hmm. um, look, Mrs. Uh, Mr. John, look, um, yes, of course, you might have problems in, the, in this England. Yes, you do, mm -hmm. you might have. But how can we avoid that? You can reduce the smoking. You can have good oral hygiene. And you can, can, and you can come, come here regular so that you can benefit from the good care of that. But if you ask me, may, may you have problems? Well, I have to tell you yes, right? Because saying the truth is the difference between a doctor, saying what, what, what is the reality, what is the truth, is the difference between the doctor and the cosmetic provider, hairdresser, manicure, whatever. And then I have nothing against them, of course. But you have to, tell, you have to be able to tell them, may, will, I, will I have problems? Yes, you may have problems. Of course, you may have problems but not in a dramatic way. Yes, you may have wrongs, but we are here to help you with that. And this balance is, I, I know it's difficult to get it. I know it's, um, it takes time, but my biggest advice would be make a list of everything that really pushes your buttons and 
write down a few sentences of imaginative, positive, funny, and um, funny, funny, funny expressions or sentences that you can use on the tip of your mouth. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For example, something that I use a lot, which is, I, I think I told this story. There was a per, that there was a very unreasonable. Actually, in the last January and February, I have very very difficult patients that I need to to handle. Some of them were 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 very difficult situations. But one of the one of those, and this is not a difficult one, but basically she kept saying that, "Can you guarantee me that that this papilla will go down?" And I've been talking to her since day one. I'm going to do my best. I cannot guarantee you that. I'm going to do my best. I'm sure they will come down more, but I cannot do better than this. Uh, but there will be a limit. And maybe in the 10th appointment, she was with my associate and I went there. She says, well, doctor, can you guarantee that this papilla will go down? And I said, well, I can guarantee you one thing. We are both going to die. That's the only thing that I can guarantee to you. But after that, you just have to place a positive energy in the, in the conversation, you know. What, what, so you have to look, we are going to die. But like I told you since the first one, since the first day, I cannot guarantee you that they will go completely as you want. Because as we have discussed earlier on, this is the situation. But you must never be, you must be assertive, but never lose your temper. Because the minute that you lose your temper, in their unconscious, what, what you are saying to them is that, this guy does not have what it takes to take care of me. This guy does not have the experience and the stamina and the resilience that it takes. This guy or this girl or whatever. So always keep that in mind. Once you react, you lose the game. Always. It's always like that. It, you, you said a lot, of, a lot of things, a lot of interesting things there. Um, let me just... Uh, break them uh, <laughs> <laughs> because it is you said many interesting things um i i completely agree with uh, what you said about about reaction it's not about reacting it's about responding in an appropriate way but you have to have the emotional awareness that you talked about and that's why i think emotional intelligence is key on dentistry it should be taught to dentists that's that what you just described it takes a lot of emotional awareness you have the exercise that you said it's a wonderful exercise be aware of what triggers you what for me when i started to 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 do that exercises with me what i discovered that one of the things uh, many things but one of the first things was that usual when they enter and they say, oh, I hate dentists. You know, my I felt <laughs> it. I when I started to be mindful of my body, I felt it. Uh, my blood pressure, my even my temperature raised. I felt it. So it when do, you start do, when you start paying attention, yes, it's yeah. it's so many things. And that's why sometimes dentists spend their day just reacting to this imagine but the big let, things let me, of course but let me ask you a question what, what's your answer to that because i have mine my answer what to you, that uh, my answer that, to that was that? A smiling and yeah don't no, know do you know what i do i mean oh really don't really <laughs> i hate dentists as well yeah I the, hate the, them. don't we all do i smile and say i hate we them all? i really yeah. hate them so but you know, it's and this is a, a small thing. Now imagine the big things. Imagine the the difficult, real difficult, uh, right, uh, uh, patients. But 
Yeah, but uh, that I is a classical that, one. That, that that that's a perfect. Yeah. That's really that but classical stuff. I hate. Well, that. the exercise that you just uh, advised is is a wonderful exercise. Really pay attention to what triggers you because sometimes, and this is um, <laughs> something that uh, uh, dentists ha- need to understand. Sometimes the patients are not difficult. <laughs> Sometimes it's the way that you react to patients. So that's where is the difficulty. And that's where the labeling effects come from, what I was telling before, you know, those labeling effects that the patients, uh, that dentists develop to patients. It's just, uh, uh, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's a reflection of stress on, on, on the dentist's health. And, um, and it's not like we are turning here to our no, no then it's not the the patients that are difficult are it's the dentists that don't know how to deal with patients no that's not what we are doing here but there is part of this difficulty in dealing with patients that is not being aware that you are just reacting okay and so that awareness, uh, it's very important. Uh, I highly recommend to do the exercise that you just uh, that you just said, and you will discover a lot, and you will discover <laughs> a lot. It's really a very insightful uh, exercise. It, it was it was for me when I start doing it. But also, you said other uh, very interesting things. So our natural response of course is to get defensive you need experience you need emotional awareness you need emotional intelligence to be able to uh to bring a response and to bring a, a, a an intelligent response like the ones that you are are giving nowadays uh, but the thing is that when you don't have that awareness and when you get uh, defensive uh, then you get in the de- negative mindset, and that negative mindset will lead you to, um, it, 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 yeah, to those things that we just said: to doubt yourself, to to uh, to, to not to 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 just uh, raise your voice and 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 to not to to explain yourself in the in the best uh, in the best way. So it will lead you to all the the wrong the wrong things, and it will lead you mainly to you not be able to be proactive to seek for yes. the solution. Solutions, yeah. yeah. You will continue the problem, so you will not be proactive in a in a in a solution. Um, it's also another thing that you said that I wanted to 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 highlight is that. Don't take things personally. <laughs> this is mm. a very important uh, thing. It's sometimes it's not about yourself. Sometimes you just have to. And if you do the exercise, and you said that you said that if you do the exercise to look things through the patient perspective. So, but okay, that requires a little bit of work. You have to get out of your own head, <laughs> right, and to be able to okay. Uh, the pause right not to react mm. and say okay but why is this guy asking me again if this has risks hey sometimes it's just their fear coming out sometimes it's just their way of expressing 
their concerns. So, and yeah. you have to be able to get out of your head and to say, okay, wait, let me see what is going on here, right? So really be mindful also of your, uh, of what you just said of our, your internal uh, bias. Is that, is that them or is it you? Yes. So this is yes. very, this is very important. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's just them. It has nothing to do with you. It's just Most of the time. fear Most and, of the time. and anxiety. That's it. Yeah. Uh, so I think these are very important uh, things. Uh, but and we also uh, said uh, this when we talked about uh, boundaries. Uh, it, it needs experience. It yes. needs experience. Yes. In the beginning, but, it's, uh, it's yeah. Hard. But this is why I think that in, in, in the in the first years doing the exercise that you just said, just making a list of all the things that really trigger you and find answers funny, for it imaginative yeah. and but but informative and straight to the point yeah. answers so that the so that you can uh discard the so so so, so you can lay down the wall mm -hmm. in a graceful way so basically it's just about always remind that they, they are testing you they want to see how much you can handle it Mm -hmm. And you just have to dance with it. And when you mm -hmm. dance with it without reaction, they were like, oh, no, this guy. Basically, you have uh, dismantled in a positive way and you have welcomed them into mm -hmm. you, mm -hmm. which is completely different than the reaction. So basically, yes, you told them the truth. But what they really want is some, something, someone that is confident enough so that they can feel safe. Mm -hmm. And the most complex treatments, the more they want to feel safe. The, the higher the amount of the plan, the more they want to feel safe. And sometimes the higher the test. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. So in a more basic level, it's about organization. In a more one-to-one -one level, it's about self-awareness, basically. Self-awareness and non-reactivity. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, and what what we we just said also don't uh, don't take things personally. Yes. Set your boundaries. Those are very yes. very important yes. Yes. things. I think that's also. something that's that's that that would be something that that I would like to 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 be talking about next because I, I would like to ask you. So I'm sure that, that sometimes people just get out of the limits of the boundaries. So, within all that we said, sometimes you realize this is um, this is out of your limits, of or out of what you think it's the limits of your practice. No matter what they are, they, they may be uh, poor language, they may be um, verbal violence, and sometimes there's not to be, to be very. Just sometimes the way that people talk, or you, you may realize that just just too much it's just it's out of the but so mm -hmm. even though that we have said that yes you should not react there must be a time where you need to i won't say react i would say to let go yeah to let go the patient so what do you think about that Yes, I, I, I think so. I think there's two kinds of uh, situations there. There's that, that situation that you were just uh, saying that uh, someone is, is disrespectful in a way that you, uh, that you 
cannot tolerate it because it's, it's a lack of respect for you, for your team, for your work. And, and you have every right to say, look, uh, I'm sorry, I, I, it's not my way of... Sorry, uh, let, let me give an example. A patient that constantly arrives, that for the second time or third time arrives half an hour or one hour late. What do you do with that patient? Well, first, first you have to, to try to talk to him and uh, yeah. say that this is not something that we, uh, the way that we work, the way that the practice work, that when he does that, it interferes with, with not only Never, your work, but yes. with the normal function of the, of the practice. And if it happens again, he's not welcome anymore in, in, in the practice. And he needs to find some, someone else. Of someone course. else. Yes. Yeah. 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 But I think I, that we must be okay with that. We must be okay also with that. But, but, but go on. I'm going to give you also my, my, my 50 cents mm -hmm. on the, mm -hmm. on the, on the more. So you uh, said that there were two situations. One situation is this. No, I was, right? I was, I was telling you that, for example, in Belgium, they have something called the blacklist. So that, uh, that doesn't exist in Portugal. It was something that it was uh, new to me. But they uh, have patients that they consider that they are not welcome in the practice, either but, because they were disrespectful with doctors, yes, because they yes, are constantly yeah, late, because they miss yeah. appointments. And, they, yes. and even the, the software of the practice has... Yeah, the, when the patient, for example, misses uh, the third appointment without noticing, the software that you want to send this patient to the <laughs> to the blacklist. Yes. yes. No, so there is. But, uh, but that's that's also cultural, you know. That's that's a lot of in 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 Portugal because there's a huge amount of dentists. There's this huge com competition. We we tend to lower the standards. That's the issue, right? Um, but I perfectly understand what you mean because I think that. Especially for Portuguese, I know that I talk a lot about Portugal, but Portugal is a really special situation within Europe because of irresponsibility of politicians or whatever. It doesn't matter. But basically, the, the, the situation has, has, is completely out of control due to, due to the number excess of, of dentists. So in a, in a chaotic situation, we have the tendency to lower the standards, to widen the boundaries. You know what I mean? to keep accepting patients even though they are not good patients at all. They are respectful in many ways. Uh, they, they arrive late, they miss appointments. But, um, but I think it's very important what you, what you just said. And I think that even in, if you have a practice in the long term, you will realize that you will have patients that you have to place on the blacklist, mm -hmm. that you have to say no that you have to invite to go somewhere else in a professional way yeah, and provide uh, all the assistance to the other colleague that is, that is dealing with them. If you have a system in, in place in your practice, if you, have, if you are very aware of the values that you want to your practice, if you have yes. a protocol, then it will be very easy to distinguish of those, of those patients yes. um, because it, it will be the ones that go against the... Yeah. Your values, and it will be the ones that will uh, uh, prejudice the normal uh, um, functioning of your of your uh, practice. Mm -hmm. So that that will make that part uh, uh, easy. Uh, mm -hmm. And then, of course, you have uh, people that might be <laughs> they uh, arrive to the appointments uh, on time, etc. But but then 
inside of the of the clinic they might be disrespectful for you or or you always questioning you or you feel in some way that you can cannot help them right even mm -hmm. even if if someone and this is the second situation that i was talking about imagine that is someone that is not disrespectful but when you are treating him or her um you uh feel that you 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 yourself are anxious you know because uh, i mean i usually use this distinguish when uh, uh in uh, when dentists are working in the in their patient's mouth and they feel like they are stressed for them to make this question to themselves can i do this am i able to help this person and this is about technique if you say yes because you learned it and you studied it then just focus and work in the flow and remember yourself of the next step. If your answer to that question is no, then, I mean, imagine, this is a practical situation. Imagine you are doing an endo treatment, right? And you cannot uh, reach the, um, the, the measurements yeah, of, the, of, the, yeah. of the canal, right? If you do yourself, oh, okay, but can I, let me try and go with the with the file eight uh, or ten and and you go in slowly and with patience things go well and and you do it okay and if a certain moment your technical knowledge is not enough right then you have to 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 close it the best way you can and you inform your patient that he needs to go to your colleague the endo specialist Right, so that's what distinguish stress and anxiety when you are working on on the on the work on the on the mouth of the patient. Yes. is when you mm -hmm. make this question to yourself: Can I do this? Do I have the technical knowledge to continue to do this? Can I help this person? And mm -hmm. you—that's what you are studied for, right? Yeah. And 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 you do it. But if you find that you cannot help this person, then you should find someone and this is part of being proactive right you seek a solution for that person mm -hmm. sometimes it might not be a technical problem it might be someone that due to their imagine due to their anxiety doesn't open the the mouth uh, in a way that you yes. that you are comfortable to work yes. it might yes. be someone very anxious always moving you know those any movement yes. that you do, a person moves and you don't feel comfortable. It might be something that you are aware, okay, yes. this person, I don't have the, um, the trust to, 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 treatment, to, to treat him. Again, find a solution. Be proactive because th those are difficult patients yes. also, right? If you cannot help, find someone who can so this is a way also of dealing with difficult patients even if they are not disrespectful for you but you don't feel comfortable uh, treating them um but okay this is very this is already a very personal thing right i think that if it's disrespect and if it doesn't go according to the clinic values if it disrespects you and your work and if it's uh makes the the natural flow or rhythm of the of the practice uh not going well then you are entitled to set your boundaries and to say to that person that okay we cannot uh, help you here anymore 
Um, but you are also uh, entitled to uh, say to someone, look, I cannot help you, but I can find you someone that, that can. So, yes. So basically, I, it's, a, it's a way of, uh, okay, we've reached this. This is the best that I can do. Now I have to let go and just find a, mm -hmm. a solution that can help and not to be overstressing myself, mm -hmm. not be over demanding. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, but but I think it's um, and it, I think that the way that uh, from the basic stuff for prevention, organization, protocols, um, to then establishing the boundaries based on your protocols, to being aware and and staying calm and do not react and see if it's not not something that is triggering you and not exactly coming from the patient, but then in. Once you reach a certain level, you really have to let go. And you, you are saying, yes, okay, I'm doing a procedure, but it's, this is out of my, my knowledge, so I have to refer the patient. That's number one. But also, which is what I've talked before, which, which is you sometimes have to invite patients to leave, yes. And sometimes um, I, I talk for myself. I'm very direct to them, and, and I tell them sometimes, look, um, we did whatever we could to be reasonable with you, and I don't think you are being reasonable. Even though we have explained you this many times, uh, you are keep saying the same questions, and it seems like because some patients, what what they do is they, there is some, and these are these patients are out there. They manipulate the situation, um, and this is very very important when we are talking about complex treatment plans because. Uh, some some treatment plans are very expensive, right? The price is very high. Not expensive, but the price is high. So when the price is high, the level of stress, the responsibility also is, is high, right? Mm -hmm. And you have to be aware that some of these patients, they have very, very high expectations. And sometimes, even though you explained everything, they keep slowly, slowly trying to turn around the situation to make the responsibility not from you, not from them, but from you. Slowly. They do it slowly, and sometimes they do it in a more subtle way. So how do they do it? So, oh, oh, let's see if this really goes well. So they don't talk about the smoking habits. They don't talk about the bad hygiene. They don't talk about the fact that they are being... They are always <laughs> talking about the procedure, you know? <laughs> they are very subtle in a way. So I consider myself to spot these patients as, as soon as possible. And I always tell my, my, my associates, these patients, they need to be spotted as soon as possible, not in a reactive way, but keep reminding them, hey, yes, but you're a smoker. Yes, but your hygiene is not yet good. So it's likely that you will have problems. You may have problems here. Uh, you are not using the mouth guard. Um, you are... And, I am here to help you, yes, of course, but you need to understand there's a degree of uncertainty here because, hey, this is medicine. This is not a haircut. So basically what you are saying then is that we understand that behavior in the hair, in the hair salon, but that behavior here, you cannot have that behavior here because if you are in the hospital, you are, it's not the same behavior as you are having when you get to get your hands or your feet done. It's not the same thing. You, you are not saying this directly, but you are reminding them. 
that there's a big degree of uncertainty in dentistry and dentistry is still medicine. And there's, once they understand that, their attitude shifts. They understand, well, yes, I am, I, am, I, I am responsible for this. Even recently, I went to do exams because of COVID. I, did, uh, I was running the treadmill with electrodes everywhere. I, I did a, a heart uh, exam. I did lots of things. And it's, I, I was thinking about, I, I was sitting there and I was thinking, how fragile am I here? How vulnerable am I here? How would I even dare to try to, to, to condition that we are not doing that right? You understand? Mm -hmm. So it, mm -hmm. does not even, it does not even cross my mind. I'm not, I'm not saying that, you, that patients need to behave in the dental office like they are being treated for cancer. It's not, that, that's not the thing that I'm doing. But there needs to be because the thing is so unbalanced at the moment, it's so towards cosmetic and aesthetic, so more mechanical. They think, I want this and I will get this uh, because I see this on Instagram. They just place these things and I will look beautiful. I will look like Beyonce. It, everything will be amazing. I just buy this just like my nails. But it is not. It's not like that. And I think this message, it's not being spread enough. And it's, I don't see that in the marketing of dentistry. I don't see that. Um, I don't, I, I, of course, that in marketing, you cannot talk about the negative stuff. But you have to understand that many things can go wrong, even if you do things perfectly. Many things can go wrong. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not all, all your fault. And sometimes it's just, of course, it's sometimes poor diagnosis. You don't take into control of the risk factors. But in these sort of patients that even though you have informed everything and they keep, that does never bring, that, that's never uh, brought to the subject, the smoking, the hygiene, the functional risk. They never talk about that. They always talk about what you are going to do. They are always placing the pressure on you and you have to keep letting them know that. You have to tell them, you have to make them, you have to call them to reality in a, in a subtle, non-reactive, and sometimes funny, funny way. Yeah, but but you know what you need to spot those those patients, just like Experience. you you said. Yeah, then you need to listen in an active way. Yes. You need to really listen when they are talking, because if they are talking and you are thinking how much you're going to charge for the <laughs> for the crowns and how much, how do you get this to the lab and this is going to be a next patient that you have is the work already there and that you are 15 minutes late, you don't spot those things. You don't see the red flags. You might even see them, but you don't act on them. Immediately. Immediately. Yeah. And you have in a to graceful, act immediately. Yeah. You have to dance with it. You yeah. have to grab that and you have to dance with it and, and just keep reminding them. Because what, what, because what happens is that you usually, those kind of, of things, and, and I already said this and I say it again, uh this is uh, you you feel it huh? it's like it like the yes mm, yes but okay mm, you are doing the here. thing okay you <laughs> are i'm already late i have the next one uh, uh already waiting yeah. etc and then when things go wrong 
because things will <laughs> eventually. Um, and you get, oh, I sh- knew I should not have done this. Yeah, but why did you do it? And I, I th- these things are, it's like, the what, they, they, for example, it happened to me even this week. During an implant surgery, there was this guy that was telling me, not going to have problems with implants, are, am I? He was like a heavy smoker in the middle of the surgery. And I was like, what am I going to tell this guy? We have talked about this so many times. What am I going to tell him? Am I going to ignore it? No, no, you're not going to have. You cannot say this. That's the empathy answer. That's the empathy answer. Yes. Yeah, no, don't you worry. Have to, you have to tell them, look, 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 we have talked about this. We, have, we are now in the middle of the surgery. We have talked about this. Will you have problems? If you keep smoking like you do, I guarantee you, you will have problems. We can minimize them, but yes, you will have problems, just like I said in the beginning. But now we just have to do our best, and you're, you have to behave. You have, you have to help us, okay? So let's move on. But you cannot let this thing go. Um, or, for example, um, I really want them uh, in aesthetics. Um, they, are not going to, they are not going to be. Uh, they are not going to be too big. Or they are not going to be too small, or um, the papilla is going down, right? I, even though you have talked about this a dozen of times, because what if these patients grab it? If they grab from you any sort of sign that you are going to say what they want to hear, <laughs> they will charge you that. They will charge you that because. Because sometimes patients are very demanding and you really have to spot them as soon as possible and just say, like I told you in the beginning, no. Um, but I've already ha- have some patients that, I, that, I, that I've told them, look, I don't think your expectations are being re- in the middle of the treatment, sometimes with prevention, look, I think your expectations are not according to what I saw in the beginning. I think that you are ignoring what you have told you in the beginning. And because of that, I think you have to consider you have you you pay what you what we did until now, and I'm happy to refer you to some other colleague if you want, or you can ask for some other opinion. But um, it's very uncomfortable for me to be working with a patient that does not listen to me because this is what we are talking is very important. And I tell them the analogy: look. This is not about cutting your hair. This is about treating your health. Okay, so you cannot talk to me like if like I if I was an hairdresser because you are ignoring the most important thing, which is your own medical condition. And I tell them very very clearly. And also, of course, this comes from experience, but it's always better because if you if you let these sorts of situations pass by, they will catch you later on. And sometimes it's it's better really to let go of the patient in some situations because mm-hmm. some some patients they can really be unreasonable and you have to like you said you have to spot them and it's true mm-hmm. it, it does come from experience it does come but um, you, yeah, and you, you, you have to and spot you also these need things. time okay you need uh, to listen you need also to 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 give them time to talk and to acknowledge yes. the, the the situation. Yes. 
um, and this, this is this, this is, is very why, important. This is why it is so important the initial examination. Mm-hmm. I keep telling this: the initial examination have the mental time, not to be selling, but to be informing. Just gather information. If it is a complex treatment plan, a second appointment just to talk to the patient. You have no idea how much treatment you are able to do. Number one, and how much. Patients that you are not that you should not be treating that actually will understand that they should not go for the treatment, which is equally important. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this is why I always talk about initial examination, as it is like I I don't think it's possible to do um, more complex dentistry, aesthetics or rehabilitation now because it's uh, it's impossible not to do that without initial examination, mm-hmm. proper mental. And, and, and chronological time to see the patient and to talk to the patient. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, J- just to, to wrap it up, because it's already one hour that we are uh, uh, talking. Um, so, dealing with difficult patients, keep your communication assertive and professional. Uh, remain yeah. calm, speak in a calm way. Um, don't get defensive. Uh, don't, don't get react. reactive. Don't get reactive. Um, see if you can bring a, a, a response. So respond in, a, in a, an appropriate way, in a way that that puts you in a positive mindset. Yes. Not in a in a in a negative one. Uh, be mindful of your verbal <laughs> language and non-verbal. Uh, language also so your body also says a lot what's your body tension your um and uh, you might be saying something but then you are showing uh, a completely uh, other thing. thing so be mindful of that also practice active listening it's a very very important uh, thing you will of course need time for this and you need self awareness the awareness that we've been talking about you need the emotional awareness also not to be reactive, but uh, but give your patients time also to to explain what 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 they want and to acknowledge the situation. And if they are if there is a situation that needs to be acknowledged, give them time also to 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 explain their point of view. You can also sometimes the situation we said that. You 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 have to let them tell their story because because sometimes it's just it's just their fear coming out. We said that sometimes it's just their reaction. So don't get reactive on their reaction. Uh, set boundaries. Don't take it personally. Um, and 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 I think that's also be proactive. All always keep the solution in mind. Always keep this the difficult patient, the difficult situation with with try to find a, a, a solution, not to maintain the problem, but to find to find a solution. And sometimes the solution might uh, pass through, let the patient go, or to find help uh, with the, with with another colleague. And also, if I might add, and I think I've been telling this in uh, all the episodes, so but I'm going to say it again. <laughs> if I might add, ground yourself, exercise, meditate, do yoga, do breathing exercises, whatever 
Do you give some right? punches if that's your style? Yeah, but give you some need, punches in the bag. Yeah, you need to ground yourself to have better self care, and you need to have better self care. Yeah. This will help yeah. you to be more centered mentally. You will be more yeah. fit for yeah. a response instead of a reaction. So I yeah. think this and is one important. Thing, one thing that I think makes a lot, which is you will not, never please everyone. And I you know. must be okay with that. You will sometimes... We, we have not talked also about, and this is a really fast one, uh, dissatisfaction of a patient because of a mistake you made, a communication mistake that you have made. So number one, assume the mistake mm -hmm. and always compensate the patient for that. Whenever, whenever you do a mistake, you should always assume that mistake. Most of the times, it's not a technical mistake. Because okay, but it's most of the times it's a communication mistake. So he wasn't completely informed about the price, and if that is the case, you have to assume that okay and compensate the patient. So that's that is that is really really important. And um, and I forgot what I was talking about. <laughs> no, we, we were talking about uh, all. I I just I think I I covered all the, the 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 tips the practical tips that you that you can that you can oh have. i remember that that you may not you you will not please everyone oh yeah you mm -hmm. will not please everyone you will not always be the best you, you, you the best dentist you, to everyone the best there's always <laughs> better dentist than you there's always going to be and sometimes it's not a better sometimes there's there's one that that particular patient likes more Sometimes not a technical shit. It's just, just a question of compatibility. And you have to be okay with that. And this is why I think what you are seeing is very important. You have to give yourself value outside of dentistry. Mm -hmm. You have to mm -hmm. value yourself as a human being, either as a husband, as a boyfriend, as a girlfriend, as, mm -hmm. a, as a friend, as a sporter, as, as, as a sport guy, whatever. You have to find, you, you have to find reasons outside of dentistry to feel good about yourself. And by the way, you don't need to be any of those things. You don't need to be a husband or a wife. You just have to be you and you have to mm -hmm. be okay with you. And, and that is much more important than mm -hmm. being a good dentist. Yeah. So I think this is a really important message that don't rely your importance on how successful you are in dentistry because you are way, way, way more than that. Mm -hmm. True. And, uh, but, and and again, we said that we said this on a, on a different episode. Dentistry is a high performance uh, job. <laughs> yes. And yes. if you are not mentally fit, you are. Yes. If you are not uh, physically <laughs> fit, yes. it it will be very hard. I, I uh, always dealing I always with difficult think... patients, not yeah. being exhausted, mentally yes. exhausted. Yes. Uh, every day waking up with this sensation: Oh, I don't want to yes. do this. It's. Yeah. It's very hard. I think it's, it's I, I, I find this analogy very good. And we talked about this many times. And you keep saying that there's no such thing as work-life balance. It's all like, like a mix. And I would say it's like a dance, you know. You have to dance with the profession. Sometimes the dance is fluid. Sometimes the dance is not fluid. Sometimes the profession likes you. Sometimes the profession doesn't like you. And sometimes it's in a good day or it's in a bad day, but you still have to dance and have fun yeah. and doing your best as much as you can. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I read this quote that I found so interesting from, uh, uh, I, I think it's uh, it was Simon Sinek that uh, uh, put it, 
uh, he said, if you have to remember yourself during your work day of how much you are earning, then it's because mm -hmm. <laughs> it's because you don't like what you do. You're not having fun on what you are yes. doing. Yes, and there's also one thing so, very interesting from him is that he says that the, 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 the biggest goal of a company is not to make money. Mm -hmm. And that is very provocative because, of course, you have to make money. And, but I, I understand what he means is that the reason why you create a company or a business is that you have to, you have to bring something different to the world. You have, to, you have to make your job an expression, an extension of what you believe. Mm -hmm. So I think that is more important than making money. Of course, you have to make mm -hmm. money, but you have to bring something new to the table. You have to make mm -hmm. things in a different way. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's your philosophy. It, maybe it's yeah. And no one is 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 taking the importance of money here. Of course, money yeah. money is important, but uh, but it should not be the only reason why of you course. are you are uh, yeah. doing uh, what you are doing, and you should have fun with it and you should, en yeah. you should enjoy your, your profession. Um, so I hope this, this conversation and this tips were uh, useful. For some I, would talk, I, I would talk here all day because yeah. I have so many stories of difficult patients, some mm -hmm. that I think I did well, some that I think I was completely overrun by them. Mm -hmm. But I mm -hmm. think that in further episodes we'll be able to yeah. talk about it because I find mm -hmm. this a very very interesting subject and like you like you saw dentists are highly interested on this because it's the center of the, of their conversations when they gather together yeah yeah these patients difficult patients yeah. yeah difficult difficult patients and uh and patients are what a major uh, stress uh, agents in the in, in, in the the daily stress of of dentists, and most of it is communication, like you said. So when mm -hmm. when we break it down, when mm -hmm. they say when they when I ask what causes you what causes you stress, and the, the the answer is patience, and then I start to go a little bit deeper. Most of the times, it has to do with with communication. It has yeah. to do with communication. Yeah. That's why communication is so, important, so important in dentistry. Yeah. And the other part is the lack of awareness, the emotional awareness, the reactiveness, the, the what yeah. we just talked the, the the not realizing that they are just reacting to to the patient. So it's not actually the patient is the is the reaction that they 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 bring. Um, but, but okay, let me just finish by saying that we are going to talk about this in our uh, conscious leadership um, course because leadership nowadays equals emotional intelligence. <laughs> so, Absolutely. <laughs> and it equals Absolutely. also having good systems in place uh, to, 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 to be able to, to put your, your values in, in, in practice and to have a, a, a stress-free uh, dentistry. So we're going to talk about all of this in our Conscience Leadership course. If you want to know more, just go to softbites.online. All the information is there. And it's going to be 3, 4, and 5 of March in beautiful Sagres in the south of Portugal. I know it's going to be some awesome days that we're going to have a lot of fun and we are going to learn and share uh, with each other and and. Uh... I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to go to the South 
haven't been for more than three or four months to the south. So I'm really looking forward to that. And I'm 100% sure we'll have a lot of fun and we'll all get out of there uh, better than we went to. Yes, I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to it. So thank you, thank you, everyone for for listening to us. I hope this was useful. If you have any uh, questions or suggestions or comments, feel, please feel free to to reach out. We would love to to hear um, your thoughts on our conversations. And and thank you, Andre. Thank you so much. Thank you so much again, Manuela, for for these weekly therapeutic sessions at least <laughs> <laughs> okay bye bye everyone bye bye, bye. take care <laughs>